Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to PZ85 Plays The Curse of Strahd, uh, the redemption special for yours truly. I am your game master, dungeon master, Cody Sandusky. I'd like to welcome you back post-Tarot Card Disaster 2023. But we come back after that session to revisit the Sare Pool Encampment of the Vistani and their current illustrious guests, the party that you see or will hear before you in the coming moments. Since my grid is thrown off still, I'm not getting used to me being in the bottom corner and throwing off my order for my spiel here. We'll start with the man at the top left, the fan of Glenfinich and Bomir as well. It is our resident blood hunter, Bjorn, played by Kaz. What's kicking, chicken? A lot, seemingly. Or nothing. I don't know. We'll find out as we go along. Uh, next up, our half-elf cleric, Rasmus Thomason, the man of ill modder and of the hour. It's Double H. Cody and Barovia, they don't call it a quarter pound of cheese. They call it a Vistani with cheese. That's got some implications I think we'll have to address later on in the episode. Uh, she's blue daba dee daba doe. It is our see <laughs> Lindsay Wolfgong playing Zephra tonight. Uh, let's not attach that song to my character. <laughs> oh, that got me. Why is that what got me? Oh, no, I'm very proud of it. That was good. Uh, Next up, uh, the legally distinct Aiden <laughs> Valmont, the man who also knows how to get out of the dungeon without a wizard's key on the itchy and scratchy CD-ROM. It is Shannon Young. Hey, what's clicking, chicken? What's, again, with the chicken, I don't really know. And to wrap things up, it is our rat soup-eating honky motherfucker friend of all of us, the man himself, Tanner Calvert. I don't like that that got stuck to me because Shannon <laughs> was being quiet earlier. That's, that's not cool. Oh, yeah. Be Shannon being quiet. They're going to believe that. Y'all remember the red system? Really <laughs> big. What was it? Really, <laughs> really tall. The elf, red system. Dude. Really big. <laughs> I'm proud of this. Well, the T didn't go anywhere anyway because it was really tall. Elf, dude. <laughs> that was it. Oh, yeah, but you had elf as the second, like, actual word. Dude. He, That's why I was dude. like, what did I, what did I do between elf? <laughs> You heard him, dude. Uh, you heard him, dude. <laughs> dabba dee dabba All right, dabba here dabba we go. All right. Well, gobble, gobble, gummy. Let's get going. Gobble, gobble, indeed. Uh, <laughs> in case you did miss our gobble. last session, this entire crew just sat, including uh, the character being played as the NPC, Irina Kolyanovich. They had just received a reading of their fates by one Madam Ava the de facto leader or elder resident of this encampment for the Vistani. And most of the party, actually I think all members of the party after listening back to last week's episode left in some state of either shock, frustration, curiosity, or concern as they went to rest in the Vistani camp after receiving those readings. Unless there is anything I know, as we all kind of addressed, everyone quietly went to their tent areas. Uh, as you went to those areas, the revelry was still going, but it was dying down. A lot of people were starting to reach toward the end of the night. Uh, specifically, I would say, as a couple of you come out of the tent, Bryn would probably uh, you know, hail up a, a tanker to try to coax you in for more fun, if you so wish. But yeah, upon seeming as all parties went to street, unless Aiden apparently well, decided to keep going. No, I want to point out that Aiden in the game 
ended up the dragon up. just he, riding down the river. No, <laughs> oh, he he met up with a couple guys there that were partying, and he smoked something that they had, and it made him kind of out of it and loopy. And that's why I sound that way is because I'm portraying that character. You're doing a, a bang up job as Aiden Valmont, and that's where I come in. Thank you. <laughs> that's where you come in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You say things now. <laughs> okay, so uh, seemingly as we left the last episode, everybody goes to sleep. Nothing untoward, no dreams. Now that you're kind of in the area, you've already spoken to the person that popped up in your dreams the last time. No other figure is going to do so for you all overnight. Uh, you do wake up relatively early as the activity and the hustle and bustle of the camp has already kind of picked up. In the equivalent, I'd say about 7 a.m., a couple hours after daybreak. You know, these... Uh, the Vistani don't seem to be like crack of dawn ready to attack the day with gusto in terms of the same fervor they had in indulging the night before, but they're also not lackadaisical. They're not going to wait around. They kind of go about their activities, and that's probably where most of you, unless you wish to wake up earlier, are kind of rustled out of sleep as you hear the camp kind of buzz to life. Yeah, this is the first time I would imagine um, since all this started, Rasmus is not the early riser that he normally would be, uh, which is which is extremely uncharacteristic of him that whole thing yesterday was kind of rattling to him uh in in some ways good but not necessarily all of them his his own personal fortune was not really all that uh surprising and in fact was probably a little more bolstering than anything but it was pretty clear that that it kind of got to some of the other folks in the party and so um, I would imagine he's is a little bit of a fitful rest and and knowing that he's also there's that subconscious thing of knowing that he's not gonna be asked or even welcomed to, to like help do stuff. They were very clear yesterday about nope, yeah. we got you, do your thing. So yeah, I would imagine that it's it's a, a little bit of a later and I, I mean for him a later rise of course is more like about the same time everybody gets up. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Um what do I roll to try to sleep through the noise? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever again, that. Again, Aiden surely went out and partied with a bunch of very attractive women, low class though they might be. And he low probably class. And he probably would have, you know, got home a little late and he probably would have slept right through it. Whether he's alone yeah. in bed or with two or three four women, that's entirely up to you. We'll I'm never know. Gonna, I'm not gonna we'll say never that know. We, we, yeah. We, we will never know. You know what? Give me a... You know, this is going to be kind of the opposite, but the same thing. Do give me a constitution check. Typically, a constitution check is what you would roll to, like, power through without sleep. But I'd also like to see how, like, it's your willpower holds up. Check. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at a 16. Yeah. Okay. You are... You don't come, like, fully out of REM sleep. You kind of hear the activity of the camp starting to go. But if you wish to kind of to go like Ferris Bueller's day off, roll over and throw your pillow over your head, you, you have the means to do that and to go or, back to sleep for a little while longer. Or uh, a comely lass of virtue. True. The rest of you, how do you wish to handle the sleep thing? I love also, the I go, Lindsay, Lindsay's I'm going to go rename somebody in the group chat to the yeah, sleep comely thing. <laughs> no, the sleep thing. <laughs> the sleep thing, better. That was the name of Stephen King's new book, right? I yes. Think, I've, the sleep thing. I volunteered Tanner. It was the sequel to The Shindig, right? That's what that book was? The Shindig. Uh, Red, Red's just... 
lackadaisically sleep. He's just sleeping. He's just he, nothing. Nothing disturbs him. He's a deep sleeper. Says the man that fell asleep in a tree. Well, you know what? I guess you're fucking right. Oh wait, spoiler alert. Were you here for that episode? I don't remember. <laughs> no, but I listened to it. Okay, cool. Yes, you know, you know. I don't think I was here for that episode. <laughs> Probably not. That's true. Are any of us ever here? Uh, Kaz, Lindsay, or Bjorn and Zephra, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, Zephra would just get up as normal. She's used to keeping her own hours anyways, so I if never... it's daylight and there's noise, she will be up. Lindsay's slurring her words. I am not! <laughs> I like so... this man saying Lindsay's slurring her words. <laughs> 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 Bjorn never went to sleep. He just kind of like stared at the wall, considering his own existence. That Brovian cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yes, got it from a horse. That was his, that was the guy's name was Mahorse. It was M Horse. I heard his name was Nobody. No, <laughs> he was he was quite short. <laughs> Okay, so you haven't had any rest. That may uh, that may come back to to play or come back to bear a little bit later. But as it stands, twenties so, all night. Bring it. Yeah, all right, all right. That's the confidence I'm looking for. So, uh, Aiden will revisit you slightly. You only probably get about thirty minutes more of sleep, and then you actually hear like the people inside your tent rustling up, like starting to take out things, or maybe even start collapsing the tent a little bit. I told them to put their clothes on and leave last night, but they wanted to stay. I mean, you can mutter something like that aloud if you like. That's what I'm going to tell everybody. Uh, can I roll for lying? And I can convince no, the party no. that I had... I mean, like, if you come outside, <laughs> you're going to have to roll for that. Uh, like three beautiful Not terribly ones. close to your head, but near nigh, nearby enough. Of true. You hear kind of a something rustle that hits like the canvas of the tent about you know, five feet above your head. Basically someone just like wings a rock or a pebble or something above your head to be like, Oh, shut up. <laughs> All right. I want to attack him. <laughs> Roll for initiative. <laughs> That's right. You're fighting, you're fighting your host. That's a good sign. Guys, we're taking on the entire camp. It's Can Bjorn in time. Can we not? This is the alternate end to the story where they're slaughtered mercilessly by all the various NPCs. Who? Who is they? <laughs> hey, you're part of it. <clears throat> I'm not. <laughs> they... um, I'm not. Guilty by What is he, the fucking skeleton next to David S. Pumpkins? <laughs> part what am I? Part of it. His own thing. <laughs> this started out good. Oh, man. Okay, so this... other than Aiden's uh, misadventures trying to wake up or not wake up, depending on how you want to perceive that... As the rest of you come out of your lodging arrangements, you again, it seems to be, for these folks, a normal day. You see some tents collapsing, some tents are being stationary because this is probably their home base, as it were. You see people kind of rustling up. The fire that's uh, at the center of the camp, the largest one, has different cooking accoutrements. They're kind of making food. Uh, yeah, it's just general hustle and bustle activity. You see uh, Rasmus, you probably see Bryn, from last night, kind of leading the charge, probably carrying a few logs in from around the perimeter of the camp, kind of making sure the central fire and some of the periphery fires are tended to and ready to take care of people. And I know the answer, but I'm going to offer again to do what I can to help, considering they have 
put us up, fed us, uh, and and I would imagine like in the closest thing Rasmus knows to making a joke, kind of cheekily been like, and you know, told us what we would be doing for the next five years. Um, wink, wink. Right. <laughs> uh, Bryn, Bryn chuckles a bit at this conversation. And says, "Ah, I see you have uh, encountered the fates." You corny. Um. <laughs> um, I'm looking again. Hang on, I'm sorry. I want to read uh, over something. I, I I imagine he would say something to the effect of of like, yeah, more specifically, um, the bishop, the missionary, uh, and and even more. Um, I don't know that he's really fishing for information. Like he, he would definitely mention yeah. the 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 card specifically, but I guess he's kind of just trying to feel out like how much does Brad know about this? Is is um, what was her name? Ava. Is she yeah, kind of the only one who really, you know, engages in these this card reading or what? Uh, as you note that, he will specifically say, uh, we Vistani have seeing capabilities. We, we have the ability to... And this is me more fishing for the words than him. Look vaguely in, into the future. Kind of, we are a bit more aware of our surroundings and of this place than others. <clears throat> but he would quickly kind of demur and say, but Madam Ava being the, the elder among us and the wisest among us, surely her connections to the fates and the strings they cast are far greater than any Vistani here or elsewhere. So Raz is being a lot more comfortable around this guy than he was around her. Cause he's talked to him a lot more and kind of mm-hmm. made the first, you know, uh, um, contact with him as opposed to the others, would basically phrase it as so, <clears throat> you know, far be it for me to impose, but would you would you describe it as seeing the, the future, or would you describe it as seeing possibilities? He thinks about it for a moment, and he would come out and say, if it were me providing this reading, if it was me providing the seeing, I would say it is more of a possibility. With Madam Ava... I would consider it, and he thinks for a second, a strong suggestion or a strong guidance. Okay. So functionally, and he wouldn't say this, but <clears throat> I'm interpreting that as split the difference. Yeah. Nothing is set in stone, but it's far more likely to be accurate coming from her than it would be from others. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and he'll even acknowledge as much kind of unspoken as that part may be. Uh, the cards, he seems, again, kind of more transparent than I think you probably would have expected in the initial conversation. The cards are very open to interpretation. They are templates by which the fates and the diviner or the seer that uses them can dictate. But no greater seer, no greater user of the Taroka have I seen the Madame Ava. So if she were to see something in the fates through them, I feel confident that you will encounter it. Okay. Um, Rasmus, <laughs> Rasmus, like Godzilla, needs to lie down and consider this. <laughs> uh, but rather than lying down, he, he just basically kind of, I don't want to say hand waves it away, but it, it's very like, I'm gonna pray on this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna focus on that. Um, and again, he didn't really get a straightforward answer before, but he is going to actively offer. Like, 
what can I do? I'm up. I'm up later than normal, but, you know, time is a construct, especially around here. Um, what do you need? Bren smiles and hands over to you the handful of logs he has, or the split okay. firewood. Yeah. And he'll say, I'll go grab another bundle, make sure the fires are taken. T- or t- this, get, this gets where it's going. Yeah, that's something That's something I can do. Yeah, You, you can tell that even though it's a, a light imposing upon his hospitality, he appreciates it. So, yep. uh, Less than last night. You could probably say that he's not as much a morning person as he is night person, so he's more willing to take go. the help. <clears throat> there you go. I'm, uh, I'm fishing out when I'm needed. That's right. So as uh, the rest of you come in, you see Rasmus doing as he does, is, is taking uh, taking hands to help among the crowd. You see these fires tend to go breakfast being prepared. Uh, you all, as you pass throughout the camp, you have invitations, beckonings to come sit, have a, have a drink, have food any of your needs kind of in the morning are tended to in this situation much like they were last night very hospitable people do something do some <laughs> do it but, but Shannon oh no I'm trying to help you what'd you do it's already done I did it I've helped you <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take some kind of lead on this and uh I am going to wander the camp. Can't, do I know where that Madam Ava, like her direction, is she visible or is she hidden away at this point? She's much like last night. She's not visible like amongst the camp itself, but her large tent or kind of her home. And this hasn't been directly spoken by anybody, but especially last night after seeing her physical form for the first time, you probably get the feeling that she doesn't travel very much. Like her home tent being fairly rooted and grounded means that this is probably her actual home, like her base of operations. She doesn't go. So, but that is still completely constructed and open. And much like last night, like the curtains are drawn at the main entrance, but like there's nothing blockading it from entry. Because, you know, Aiden is a monster hunter. And anyone that can predict the future is a monster. So, you know, he's going to kill her. Someone go with him. Ooh. I don't even know what's happening, man. I can't go with him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so far, I mean, Aiden, you are. Yeah. Uh, Hi, I someone. Mean... <laughs> <laughs> you, do. Hi, you, you do the damn thing. Uh, Aiden, unless you are, like, specifically weapon-drawn going toward the tent, there's no impedance to you approaching Madame Ava's tent. No, I'm not going. I can literally see the sweat forming on Tanner's brow. He's worried about her. He are, we already I mean, lost Can you see it queen. through the smudge on the camera? Because I can't. We- <laughs> I walk up to the it's side of him. Like, my camera is out of focus for some reason. Lean forward. I, I said what I said. So, but no, that just looks like a. Keep lean, no, no, no. Come on. Le- lean again. Now it looks cat. like Tanner is taking his profile picture Wait, 16 years from now for Facebook. <laughs> I, I think I saw. Tanner, do it one more time. Look up. Look you, up. There it is. <laughs> and then when you go to his profile, when you go to his album of profile pictures, it's 16 versions of that exact same picture. Because <laughs> he keeps uploading it, not knowing he can just go back to the old one. I think Cass saved a screenshot, and I think I did too. <laughs> That I'm afraid of what I was worked. doing in that screenshot. It's probably like a <laughs> that would work. 
Uh, I feel like trying to assassinate her would probably be uh, not a good thing to do, and I was kidding. So I, I know mean, you're feeling that way, but I walk up beside you and I just kind of lean in, and be like, "You doing this?" <laughs> Goddamn, Bjorn, the devil on your shoulder. No, I mean, as all things, you can certainly try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the tent, look at Bjorn, and then look at everyone else there and say, "Probably not a good idea," and walk off. And then I'm gonna start, okay. then I'm gonna stop and look back at him and say, at least not in daylight. And then I'll walk off. And I said that low, so no one else could hear it. But Bjorn, don't worry. Good news. Uh, in the top right corner of your HUD, you see Madame Ava will remember this. <laughs> and Cody, I, go ahead. <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head is remember, write it down, take a picture. I don't give a fuck. But I was gonna do that to him. Cody, I dropped a picture in the Yes, in the you text did. When you said it. Sarah just got me that hoodie. Uh it just came in a couple days ago. When you said that it dawned on me, I forgot that I had that. That's perfect. I love that. You yes. can certainly try. Yes. Uh so other than uh assassination plots being crafted by <laughs> our illustrious party members. The morning goes without incident. Again, there's nothing untoward as you go. You kind of, if you wish, you you consume breakfast. You kind of take part in conversations. Again, uh, Zephra, the group that you would have spent spun a yarn with last night before going to Madame Ava, would probably still be raving a bit at the story you told. That it sounds like you've taken many an adventure, very kind of excited to be among someone who can storytell as well as you. Uh, Alfred, while the Vistani are. You know, not a small people by any means. They very much in size and shape, much as humans do. Uh, they are still amused, and a couple people still agog that they did not dream or in a drunken stupor see a seven foot thing last night. You're actually the genuine article, so you kind of get a few <laughs> like oh shit looks. Uh, Bjorn, your your general visage doesn't shock the Vistani as much as other people. But you're, you're, you're like this. I just hope my jacket and be like check out these ribs. I mean, no one's gonna play xylophone on him, but far few, far fewer people are like scared of it than you would expect. Some people are are startled. Is probably the best word for that. If you were to go around as such. So just for the record, like uh, he's he's just kind of testing the taking the temperature of the room, just seeing how odd these people are. So just kind of like doing something. How odd they are. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what it is. Exactly. That's like when a pedophile. Never mind. I didn't know. Jesus, don't no, even. No. 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 Thank the you. Hell? No. I don't even want to know. No, you don't. No. Okay. Oh. Other than uh, Aiden, you don't get. You, I'm not going to ask you anymore. Uh, yeah. So as the morning hey. winds down, no, no, you, no. You, I had you, my. You time. lost that chance. Uh, you're a timeout for a couple seconds. Uh, as the the morning <laughs> winds down, uh, you would probably under as we've talked about. Day and night, generally, time's a construct here. What you would guesstimate to be about 10 a.m., people are starting to gather supplies in from the breakfast, kind of clean up the areas, and mill about their day. You see some people tend to the camp, like making sure the fires are are properly uh, put down, kind of cleaning up, and also gathering supplies. Like you see some people throw some, you know, for lack of a better phrase, an axe on their shoulder to go out and get some firewood. Some people do that. And you see others kind of pack up the tents and their caravan um, wagons to start taking their leave from Sarah Pool. 
we're still going to try to get them directing this to Rasmus. We're still trying to get this uh, girl to go with them. Well, to be fair, that was never the idea. We're taking her to Velaki. This was just a stop along the way. Oh, I've, um, I did I dream? Maybe I dreamt dreamt it. I thought there was a talk of maybe they can escort her out of uh, the place. I, I don't remember if we had a resolution you, to that. You and I did talk about that, and I, I distinctly remember there being a, that ain't going to work, but I don't remember why. I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't think I have it in my notes. I, I remember, because I, I, most of my notes were oriented toward the the card drawings last week i wrote down an awful lot of information from that yeah um, i think generally if, if memory serves you guys the vistani to that point were an unknown entity even in the early going so if it was broached yeah. here i mean rasmus i believe it was more like you said you'll see the mission through to the end or like that's what you signed up for so that's what you'd rather do yeah. Well, and I know that part of it too. We when when it came up, those who were immediately opposed, and I don't remember who it was, but made mention yep. that these guys have an accord with Strahd. Uh, that was me. Uh, yeah. That was right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Here we go. Yeah. 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 Um, I I would say at this point to you then if if that I mean the fact that you're directing it to me makes it sound like you're open to it, but conversely, I would turn it back to while I think having spent time with them, I trust them more. Um, it's it's not the mission. It's not what we signed up to do, and that we are relatively close, at least to Velaki. I think we I think we see that through. I, I don't think we've earned that level of, you know, favor from them. Not to mention it might not be. And to be fair, we haven't talked to Irena either. She might not be willing to try that. When uh when he you know kind of pats me on the shoulder and walks off, Aiden stares at the <laughs> ground. A sudden gust of wind blows his long hair around, and he goes. You know nothing of my mission. And he does it in like a really uh, anime-ish kind of way, but a legally distinct from yeah, right. But the but that. the hair's blowing in the wind, so it's yeah. not Rondo of blood. It's Rando of blood. But it, it's one of those animated okay. cutscenes. Well, <laughs> hang on. But it's blowing forward though, not back. So it's kind of awkward. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's blowing his hair forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's very. I love, I love that I'm the one coming up with all the names tonight. It's not even meaning to. I'm just <laughs> talking out of my ass like normal. Well, you had Randall uh, of Blood, and my first thought was Rim Job of Blood, and that just sounds awful. No, no. Yeah, that's how your that's, hair's going. That's that's me. You just made me uncomfortable. That's a picture of me. <laughs> you know, in the, the the nice Vistani village of downtown uh, <laughs> New York. Oh, I gotta go change someone's name in the chat to Rim Job of Blood. I'll be right back. No, <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, it's gonna be Bob. Rando. I already went with Rando. No, oh. Bob's Bob's name is. Uh, I was just looking at it. What is Bob's name? Is he Crafty Alfie's hat? No, Bob. Bob's name is Elder Empires. Louisiana. <laughs> okay, Tanner, of uh, course, actually, remains butt crack Freddy. Yeah. Anyway, in all caps, butt crack Freddy. Distinction in all caps. <laughs> As your conversation with Erasmus and Aiden kind of comes to an end and the cinematic uh, moment happens on your disc two of the four disc set of the PlayStation game, <laughs> Rando of Blood, uh, took all that CGI budget. Uh, Zephra, you actually, uh, the group that you were with or whatever you seem to be doing, Irina kind of pops out of the mass of people. She's kind of been going about the group again. She's 
you can tell she slept decently last night. Like she seems kind of spry, like, you know, still kind of shaking everything loose in terms of the cobwebs of overnight, but just sticking nearby. She's like, Hey, I, um, I hope you slept well. I did the same. I still don't know what was last night, but and she kind of leaves that hang there for a second. Last night was things to consider. How about we go round up the rest of the group and see if we're ready to continue on to getting you to safety? Safety sounds nice. And hopeful. She kind of nods and follows along with you. It's getting late in the day here in the game. It's around 4.20, if I I remember correctly. No, no, I just said 10. Well, it's it's (laughs) 4.20 in western Barovia. It's got to be somewhere, right? <laughs> right, that literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Zephra and Irina kind of follow through, and Zephra, I'll let you take lead on like where you wish to find the party, if there's a specific party member you wish to find first. I, for the most part, would probably just be looking over the camp and just making our way across to whoever we come across first. Which well, more likely than not will probably end up being Rasmus, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it's either Rasmus or you come upon Aiden with his wood, the hair blowing in his face. So, he's I mean, he's still me. standing there. He's still standing there. He clenches he's his never fist. Went anywhere. Yeah, he's got his fist clenched while the and the wind only seems to be blowing around him. It's weird. We got to get you a cape of billowing. You don't man. have that spell. I have that cloak spell. of billowing. That's what. <laughs> yep. A cloak of billowing. That's a real item. Uh-huh. It does exactly what it sounds like, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's real true. It has no functional benefit other than to, to, <laughs> to create its own wind and billow in the wind. <laughs> the direct text from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. While wearing this cloak, you can use a bonus action to make it billow dramatically. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's all, all it does, it does, baby. I desperately need that. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that's a thing. So, uh, as you come upon Aiden standing there in his smoldering state, or, well, what you imagine maybe a smolder, you know, caped by hair. Fox smolder. You think he's you oh. think he's smoldering, but really, behind the hair, he's going to... <laughs> <laughs> he can't get the hair out of his mouth. The billowing should have been the other direction. God damn it. Would have been more convenient for him. I just now looked at the map, you motherfuckers. Wait, <laughs> I have not. I like how you keep blaming everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's just the general, the royal we, Hunter. The royal we. Jesus Christ. I thought I It thought, is funny how well it, pan- it played. It I gotta give credit yeah, for that I'm one. Very, that one very pleased by that. I thought he was throwing a bucket of something. I, I, I didn't see it at first. He's just saying yeehaw. <laughs> while, he's th- while he's throwing a bucket of what looks like white lines going everywhere. What do you think I thought it was? Oh, jeez, oh, you got the stink lines and everything. <laughs> you take the fries off my head, they're very hot. The, the Sony makes their teeth hurt. Oh, your teeth oh. hurt? Goodness. It's too freaking bad. I thought they oh. were, originally I thought they were jizz lines, but <laughs> Glenn. Oh, man. Okay, so, no. yeah. This is a great way for the party to come together. I'm very happy with how this is going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Ra- you know, Rasmus, you're kind of at, at this point. You've probably served well to help 
put out fires. You're sure. probably doing you're doing above and beyond the Call of Duty, I would imagine, in terms of how you've been trying to help. Uh, yeah, that's after this. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're sitting there. Okay. So generally the party comes together and actually Rasmus uh Bryn comes to find you specifically as everything comes yep. together. And he'll uh kind of pick up. He's like, I recall last night you saying you were heading to Valaki, yes? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I would motion over toward Irina somewhere and say, um, she, she's, uh, I, I can't think of a good way to phrase it. Basically, yeah. he would explain, like, gently that we're taking her there at the request <clears throat> of her. Uh, probably wouldn't even mention brother. He'd say, like, caretaker or something. He's trying to be very vague about the situation, mm-hmm. but, like, we're taking her there. Okay, and Bren would kind of gesture behind him. You see a covered wagon. Uh, not much to it, but it has a couple of horses at its stead. And you would see Asha, who he would have introduced, I believe, the night before as his mm-hmm. significant other, his partner. Yep. Uh, he would say, I understand, as I'm sure you have already witnessed, that the roads of Barovia are less than welcoming to most. Uh, if you so wish, I wish not to impose, but I could likely assist in transporting to Velaki as we are making our way toward other areas on that side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's this is full blown going to come as a shock to him um, in the immediate thing. And he, obviously, he knows that they're not willing to accept payment or that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 very much a whatever you need in return. But I can't, <clears throat> as much as I will talk it over with with everyone else, I can't imagine that they'll turn that down. Um, being able to get off of our feet and and or at the very least uh, amongst the company of of others, uh, you know, safety and numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he will mention kind of toward the tent and knowing that the, the uh, both size and numbers and size and stature of your party. He said there, there, there may be need on the journey if you wish to rest your feet to to rotate people as we maybe stop briefly. Yeah. But uh, we can accommodate as best we can. Albeit a couple may end up walking alongside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, again, it would be like a big like handshake. Thank you. Um, yeah. Whatever we can do, kind of thing. I, I like the idea that he told him, I can't see any, you know, one of my parties saying no to that. That's great. And it smash cuts to Aiden looking him in the face, going, No goddamn way. <laughs> We're not catching a ride That's... with the with the, the guys who party in the middle of the night freely in no danger in the most dangerous place in the world who also have an accord with the guy that's trying to kill us. And you want to ride with in. That's what we call on TV in TV land an optical flip. Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine this will be a problem. Optical flip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just tell him, look, I'm assuming we're actually having this conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, if we're in a smash yeah. cut like that, I imagine yeah. everybody, including Irina, is playing great. party to this now. I would just tell him straight out, look, that's precisely why we want to be there. It's exactly the concept of hiding in plain sight. If Straw doesn't mess with these guys, is that not exactly where we want to be? Plus, they're heading in the direction we want to go. Not everything here is Strahd. The trees are not Strahd. The wolves are not Strahd. Like, we need protection from the other things we can't see. Aiden is uh, going to look at him and hear all that, and he ignores most of what he said, but he does think of one thing. So he says out loud, so you're saying if these guys get us through, everything's fine, and the worst-case scenario would be that Strahd finds us, and then we'd we kill Strahd. 
so it's win-win. Irene is going to interject <laughs> briefly during <laughs> like all of this. There's a part of it where Rasmus starts to go, and then he's like, no, yeah, that's, uh-huh. Yep. Irene is going to interject and Precisely. say, uh, I, I, two thoughts. One, I don't know if Strahd wanting to kill anybody here. She kind of leaves that, kind of gets that look of, you fill in the rest of the blank as you know what may be going on. Second, <laughs> having been here, I would not be so quick to say that everything is not Strahd. He is an entity of mighty influence. Be cautious before you believe that the wolves and others are not under his guise. Well, that'll get my attention. To which I would legitimately, sincerely respond. Admittedly, you are, you know, the, the mission here. So I I leave a lot of this in your hands. Like, if, if you think that this is not something we should do, I'm inclined to listen to you. You know these people better than we do. She kind of, not bristles to that, but she kind of gives the, the hemming and hawing nod of, probably not as well as you think, but she does lend her vote. She will acknowledge that of all options available, I would far rather not walk it if I don't have to. Yeah, I mean, functionally, and I would have said this somewhere along the, the Rasmus and, and uh, Aiden conversation, like, I'm even thinking, you know, covered wagon, literally. Like, if we can get her on that, she's at least out of, out of you know, line of sight for a lot of things. I, th- th- at this point, I'm thinking full military. Like, I'm, I'm falling back on the old Sundabar um, upbringing. Aiden. Less church, more army. Aiden is uh, going to look at him, looks him in the eyes, looks over at her, and just kind of smirks and pats him on the chest and walks off. I smell a buddy cop coming. A buddy cop movie coming. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Bacon. Yet another 48 hours coming soon to the theater. Briggs. Briggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> you know, he oh, had no, you one got me day thinking of It's Always Sunny. Never yep. mind. <laughs> That's, oh, God, no. That's it. No, not le- no, not lethal cop five or six or lethal weapon five or six. We can't do that. <laughs> lethal cop. <laughs> lethal cop. <laughs> All right. Let's well, take care of it. The whole group chat is getting changed tonight. At this point, God lethal cop five. Lethal cop is one of my favorite movies, man. Charles Bronson. It's great. <laughs> God damn it. I heard they're doing a no, lethal you, cop. No, you say that. Lethal cop sounds like the next uh, Neil Breen film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't well, think they'll have I any cash. cash they, would be ask, they would be asking him, isn't that corrupt? <laughs> <laughs> That's just not right. You feel lucky? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, love aside <laughs> there. Rest of the party, Red, Bjorn, uh, Zephra. As you guys... I, again, you're around. You hear this conversation between these three. What, you know, what say you as all these thoughts get bandied about? Oh no, I keep thinking about lethal cop. <laughs> I agree that we should go with the wagon. I agree. I also agree. I look at Bjorn and go like, "You agree?" <laughs> I swear, kills. What? Red Red agrees. Also. Like giving side eye with a lot of sighing towards Aiden because boy, he's just real tired of hearing him talk. Wow, 
Wow. Wow. He's he's still very much upset about the the previous adventures in the church. So leans forward to Aiden and he's like, I think he's talking shit. So we're a lot of Catholic kids. (laughs) Well, you know, Bjorn, (laughs) uh, Aiden's a talking shit on that motherfucking line right now. (laughs) And Bjorn uh, Reddit only costs four ninety nine per minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Um, man. All right, so so from a from a functional standpoint, this is a this is a cart that we will be driving. Someone else will be driving. How many people does it fit? What do I need to know here? So at least to start, Brent and Asha will be driving, and you get okay. the feeling much like much of their hospitality, they'll take the lion's share of that navigation. But for the rest of you, it seems there is room inside the wagon along with their accoutrement for all but two of you. So it seems that at any one given time, two of you will kind of be keeping pace alongside the wagon. And Brent has acknowledged it, it, it's a it's going to be a full day travel to Velaki. Like you, we will probably get there late at night. So what we can make you know a stops or brief rests as necessary to kind of make sure the horses are fed, take a little bit of a rest ourselves, rotate people as needed. Obviously, it's not like at least his navigation with you is not a part of a full Vistani caravan. So you have more flexibility on how you wish to navigate. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, full day's travel, I suggest we just take shifts on who walks alongside. There's five of us, right? I mean, we can rotate out who's going to be not actually resting at any given point in time, and that's, you know, every, what, four to six hours? That's not too bad. Especially not at, like, forced march pace. I mean, that's really not terrible. Yeah, I would say in in terms of you know strict game mechanics, it is going to be a normal day's travel. Like, what is it like twenty four miles is the maximum for normal? It's like three or four something. miles an hour or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we don't do much in the way of encumbrance or exhaustion in that respect. So yeah, just yeah. normal day's travel. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, as as is his you know way of doing things, Rasmus will volunteer to be one of the initial uh, hangers on. Walking alongside. Okay. Don't everybody else too? speak at once. She's, yeah, she's awake for as far as going in the morning. She'd rather keep moving rather than get lazy again in the process. Let's see, you said that, and I was picturing all three or all four of you looking over at Red, being like, "Hey, it's all motherfucker. Maybe you're outside." Yeah, in fact, Aiden will look at Red and suggest that and say, you know, make yourself useful for once. Oh. oh. All right. I'm going to fight everybody by the end of this one. That shit. What, this yeah. session? This <laughs> hour? I'm going I'm to keep on, like, nudging it along, too. Wait. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Red, Red's going to make a, a side, sideways comment towards Aiden. Well, it's as the party in general, but you know, knowing it's it's towards Aiden, you know, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the one to stand out here and and guard the the caravan. You know, I'll stand sentry. You know, I'm I'm not really scared of what's happening out here. I don't want to turn not, Aiden into full on anime like villain, but in my head, immediately he would just be like, oh, and and throw his, you know, throw his, his yeah, I kind of just want him to go, huh. <laughs> Never mind, I'm done. I'm fucking done. That's oh, it. Clip that shit. That's, the, that's going on the official Podzilla 1985 soundboard. <laughs> that's all I can think oh, of. Is uh, fucking uh, red. Uh, uh, he just goes, huh? 
He's like he's like Edgeworth in Ace Attorney. He just clamps his hands down. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh huh? man. Okay. Huh? Uh, Red. I mean, you you can bicker. I mean, with Zephra as you wish to kind of be the second party or second person walking alongside the caravan. I mean, hell, if you want to, all three of you can. Uh, Red. I like I the idea. Special. I'm sorry. I like the idea that me and Zephra are already walking alongside the caravan, and it's moving while they're in the back arguing about who's going to walk. <laughs> <laughs> takes off with them <laughs> you know yeah let's do that i like that because i was going to make the comment of red uh for you specifically being as large as you are it's not the most comfortable ride like you're like trying to lean back against crates and shit or well like, you know barrels i guess in this situation like you're you're about as long as the the wagon is so like if you lay down your feet are sticking out the back of the fucking thing so just be aware of that as, as like as i go to get out I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and get out, but as I get okay. out, and then, as I get out to walk, I uh, I pull just like a knife, just a random knife. Maybe I found it somewhere. Maybe it was just laying in, in the bottom of the cart. You know, who knows? But I take it, throw it <laughs> just at, off the ground, just at the, just at the feet of Aiden, and say, "Here, use this and be useful and get out." And I then I get out. In the in that moment, my character is played by uh, Dave Chappelle. Cause as you get out, he says, "Next time, kick your feet up, you big bitch." God damn! Tanner Strange lands distributing knives on the ground in no basis for a system of government. I just I lean into Aiden. I'm just like, you, you gotta take that, huh? Well, since we're making these up, Aiden finds a gun <laughs> on the floor of the taxi. <laughs> 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 yeah, this thing's yellow and black checkerboard. It says Vistani taxi on the side. Fuck it. Why not? All right. Well, you, I gotta you go read in front of the caravan saying, Yo, fuck it here. I'm gonna go rename Bob to Taxi Floor Handgun. <laughs> um, Nothing will make him happier. I guarantee. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'll I'll look I'll look at that knife that hit and I'll you gonna do a lot of smirking as I build towards my my grand uh, finale sooner than later probably at this rate uh, I can't wait Shannon's level twenty summon is gonna be a fucking like statue of daggers he's collected throughout the adventure he's <laughs> gonna, gonna be like fucking Lydia and and Skyrim I'm gonna create a new weapon out of it just a bunch of daggers put into one giant dagger. <laughs> Would you just let's just continue the story? Wait, gun sword. <laughs> That'll never work. <laughs> Shit, it knows. Uh, All right, so yeah, uh, oh, hi, I, I'm gonna leave the illustrations, but let me go ahead and start revealing a bit of the map. And Bryn would disclose this with you all pretty openly. And, oh. and Bryn will back us up on this. Bryn, Bryn, Bryn will back you up on this. Uh, you are currently here. Okay. Your goal is to get here. This is just Oregon Trail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you got fjord a couple rivers. You got to go see a couple forts. Hunt for Tanner a can't make deer. it in a couple weeks. Red will be sick with dysentery. <laughs> Aiden will die of a broken leg. Actually, as I recall, Red just got over dysentery. So. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> I got him. I saw I don't. I don't like that joke. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, other than the the banter, the witty banter among the party in this whole like who's going to ride in the wagon shit, any uh any actual questions or concerns for Bryn as you start the travel? Uh, just that Aiden, you know, is suspiciously cautious. He is. Uh, there's something about all of this that really bugs him. So he is. Uh, he is very stoic and just kind of. He's in detective mode, kind of. He's he's. He's still polite and he smirks and smiles, but he's very quiet and just soaking it all in. Okay. My only real concern immediately comes to mind with the fact that I'm leaving Arena alone <laughs> in that fucking covered wagon with a bunch of maniacs. So I think Rasmus would make sure to check in with their passenger, like, are you good? Like, before we take off, you're going to be all right back here? I don't like that implication. And, you know, because of the implication. <laughs> uh, that she... Uh, she gives a smirk and acknowledges, I am a politician's daughter. I've dealt with many a people of these kind. Yeah. All right. That's what I wanted to hear. I just wanted to make sure. So, yeah, you guys begin the journey. And Brennan, and like I said, he acknowledges it's going to be basically the full day as you guys navigate through, <laughs> kind of points out. As you leave the encampment, it doesn't take you very long to reach this bridge. He kind of points out that, uh, the actual Sare Falls are this area. Like, as you were to go through, you guys could probably see from the bridge that you were crossing the waterfall here kind of passing down. Hence, the Sare bodies of water that you guys have been going across. He'd probably give you some landmark history of, you know, what the Vistani believed to be the origins of this water or, you know, maybe some property it has. Nothing... Anybody in earshot will hear the story and probably not along, but it's at least as you would go, you feel almost like a tour guide giving the spiel as you're going across like Disney World or Space, you know, Johnson Space Center like I did in the summer. So take it in as you wish, discard it as you wish. Uh, but as you go along, your first few hours pass without issue. Uh, I would ask for everybody to give me a, uh, actually for the, those of you outside of the wagon at this point, so that would be Rasmus and Zephyra. Give me, or, and whomever else hopped out during that lovely aside, uh, give me a perception check. Oh, well, I'll be right back. Okay. The suspense, it shall kill me. Hopefully not. Twelve. Twelve? Okay. Eleven. Eleven, okay. <clears throat> then we shall wait for uh, the other role. I will say specifically for you two, uh, I, you notice kind of as you look around, wildlife is you know buzzing and humming. Like it, nature, as much as it does in this area, is kind of keeping about. You notice some flocks of birds overhead from time to time, but nothing of terrible note. There's even an Come alligator. What kind of role you want? Uh, perception. Perception. Okay. I've got holy shit! I got a plus six to that. All right. See, the alligator up there is bad because he got all them teeth and no toothbrush. No toothbrush. Uh, how's the twenty-two work for you? Uh, twenty-two sounds good. Unlike the other two, you specifically, uh, Rasmus, you will notice, uh, as I said, wildlife buzzing, kind of milling as it does throughout the day. You notice a yeah. couple flocks of birds kind of fly back and forth, but you specifically. Uh, notice a fairly familiar pair of birds, uh, ravens to be specific. 
All right, at this yeah. point, and Rasmus is, is much more of a book smarts than a street smarts kind of guy. He knows you don't put you know tomatoes in a fruit salad, but he doesn't know necessarily that a tomato is a fruit. No, other way around. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would imagine that at this point he has noticed these specific birds multiple times now, and it's more than just a passing like fancy. So I I would guess he would bring it to probably Bren's attention and just say like. This is not the first time that we've encountered ravens around here. And not just ravens, but those specific ravens. Like, they look very familiar. I'm not trying to sound crazy here, but what's that all about? He seems a little bit surprised, admittedly, that you noticed anything. Because he acknowledges that wildlife in Barovia is generally unknowable. At times, in in terms of this whole area is kind of unpredictable as it goes, so the fact that you notice something standing out is a little bit unique. But uh, he would know, generally he would joke and say, well, as Vistani lineage says, uh, we believe ravens to carry uh, lost souls within them, so killing one is bad luck. I would not recommend it. That being said, and he chuckles, that's more Vistani wives' tales, as it were. I am less partial to that. And he would kind of, you know, give a moment for that the joke to flit through the air, but he would say, there is also, there have been tale of a group of ravens who are not just raven in form in this area. There have been... In times past, where ravens? I'm Into sorry. What? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. Nomad, say what? Can we just be coming and eat a Blake novel? Could you I uh, this no this would be yeah. yet. <laughs> no, no, not, probably not yet. He said. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I I imagine I would actually I'd probably bring. Um, both Zephyr and Red in on this if I can. I mean, I, you know, I yeah. know a couple of us are already walking out, but like Zephyr's the storyteller, the worldly one. Um, Red is the, is the the ranger, is the the man of the, the forest. And I recognize, yes, we've got two monster hunters too, but I know they're both already listening. So I'm going to try to at least get the attention of the other two uh, and, and make mention that like this might be something you know about. It also might be something you want to know about if you don't. So... <laughs> To, to Brandon, it's a very Adam Sandler. Go on with the wear ravens. <laughs> <clears throat> I just I turn and look at Bjorn and just go wear ravens because <laughs> we are listening. Uh-huh. What? I just I can't help but giggle just a little bit. Like, <clears throat> I mean, how are they not bigger? I love wear ravens. I love Aiden saying this as if he's got like a glass held to the side. Right, of he's the- doing he's doing the Cody <laughs> Rose thing. He's got the one hand out with the ear. And, yeah. <laughs> See, it's the office bit to me, the glass of the door. What do you hear? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, man. Sorry, that, that just tickles me, that entire stereo. <laughs> As you all kind of come in, a Bryn will acknowledge that these entities are not known to me, specifically. I cannot say I have encountered any of these were-ravens or this, but word has been told of them, that they are not just Raven in form. And he kind of gives you kind of that known of, 
and he acknowledges, I having not encountered one, I cannot speak to them. I know t tales have been told of them following people or guiding, watching over people. And he, the more you go on, like as much as he lends credence to Madam Ava's, uh, in your conversation, Rasmus, like to her being a seer and to having probably the strongest tie to the fates, you yeah. can tell he's someone that's more <coughs> at times apprehensive, all, all the lore of the Vistani. Yeah. Like, and he probably would just come out and say it. While I respect, obviously, my people and our beliefs and what I, I have been party to my entire life, there are things I have yet to experience and thus can't speak to. That is all that I know is that a were-raven <laughs> is an entity that is known to exist or at least be spoken to exist. I cannot say I've seen one with mine own eyes. Okay. Uh, duly noted. Literally. I, I imagine at this point, Erasmus is just out and out like writing stuff. I, I, I don't know if... I don't know that I actually have in my inventory anywhere for, or anything on which he can write, but like if I don't, I'd like to. Oh yeah, sure. It. Yeah, surely you have. I mean, I could take a look at okay. your inventory as written. Surely you have something. No, no, I guess not. I, I thought the adventuring gear came with like something to write it. Yeah, that's right, well. His don't worry name. about it. It's, it's all up here <laughs> in uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Thomas's noggin. That's right. And around two, I'm gonna bloom. <laughs> in Velaki, I'm gonna bloom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can. You can certainly. I'll have you just go ahead, and all of you can add it because I imagine Zephyr, you're much the same way. You have. If I think your character sheet might actually have it, that may be what I was remembering of something by which to write and document. So I would absolutely, you have the equivalent of a ballpoint pen and a, a composition book, like a scroll and a you know fountain pen or something. In Aiden's book, it's mostly just little doodles of him like being the champion and killing all the monsters, <laughs> and everyone likes him and he that's has a million he, friends. That's where he came in. Yeah. They're just little drugs. I feel like you degrade your character more and more each time. I, I, I want my characters to be complex, so he's heroic, but he's also can be an idiot, clearly. You've, you've listened to the episodes. I, I, you know, I just think it'd be funny. Here's all these serious, everybody's handwritten, and he's you know, uh, Rasmus is taking notes, Zephyr is drawing everything, cataloging it, and then it switches to Aiden, who's just scribbling a little doodle of Aiden, like holding up a dragon's head, and everyone's cheering for him. <laughs> Yeah. So, so okay. So to put this in the terms that I can understand as the uh, third party, actually, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, from Bjorn's point of view, I've just I just pull out a magazine and start cutting out letters and creating mine that way. <laughs> so because all of most of us are fans of uh, Trogdor and of Homestar Runner in general, uh, Shannon is clearly uh, strong mad. He's just carving shit down <laughs> Ron in the table, and you just do your own thing. Uh, Kaz is Coach Z, where he just talks about he wouldn't know Majesty if it bit him in the face because he doesn't know consummate Vs. Uh, Lindsay is strong, sad, with Kuroshiro shading. And at the end, I think Hunter's just strong bad. You're strong bad with the, the <laughs> dragon, with the bicep. Barbinating the countryside. Anyway, um, if, if for the record, if you look under equipment, you can just add an ink pen to your inventory. It costs 0. 0.02 gold. So shit, <laughs> for what it's worth. What is that conversion uh, rate? Oh, 0. No 0. 0.02 gold. That's like I got you. Uh, maybe half a silver. I also, I also, for what it's worth, I'm not even gonna. If it's all right with you, I'm not even gonna add like a like a book or anything to write in. I have a prayer book. 
So I think it would make just as much sense for like, okay, there's open pages in the back, and he uses that as basically uh, literally like, just like most Bibles, where there's a perfect. section for notes. There yeah, you go. perfect. Okay, that works for me. Yeah, I love that ink pen is something you can add. I mean, obviously everything is right. homebrewed in D and D. I mean, they literally yeah. describe it as like a wooden stick with like a special point on the end that you just dip in ink, and that's how it works. Perfect. I imagine it's like the end of a quill, but it's yeah. like a, a perfect. stick of wood. Yeah. Red, so, upon hearing about these were ravens, has decided to pull his bow and have an arrow knot, and uh, he's now scanning out. the trees. I'm not gonna have it drawn. I'm just gonna have it knocked. <laughs> Holding it in my hand, just oh, it was heavy. Yeah, at, at that point, at that point, Bryn is gonna notice that and be like, "Whoa, whoa, hey, hey! No need to shoot birds out of the sky." I remember the lost souls part I mentioned. Probably not a good idea. Uh, inside the tent, once again, Aiden leans into Bjorn and says, "What do you think the over and under is that he's gonna try to fuck one of those ravens?" Five. Did he say five? <laughs> that would be the answer he would give five and Aiden would just nod and go alright and he wagered Barovia with a dollar <laughs> simply stunning yep yep that's about right okay Lindsay's no, done Lindsay's done she go, can't go away it. from the mat for four minutes <laughs> I come back and there's fucking Kilgore is here or Kilroy Kill Gore. Kill Gore. God damn it. I don't know anything tonight. It's fine. Lindsay's gone. She quit the show. I need you to know that where it says, get in my small mouth, I appreciate that afterward it says no and then yes, but it kind of looks like it says, get in my small mouth, ho. Yes. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, man. Burn, okay, help so me. Stop it. I didn't write any of this. Yeah, right. I just Honestly. made the little gator. Hunter's like, I didn't do a goddamn thing. That is not what I thought you were about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, so. So, Cody. At this point, yeah. Really quick. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Uh, At at my employment, uh, I I met somebody yesterday who's really into D&D. He had a and d shirt on. Uh, I complimented him on it. Um, Would he like to run this campaign? <laughs> well, no. Well, well, hear me out. So we started talking, and he asked if I played, and I was like, "Well, we do a show every, you know, oh, week." No. And he was like, "What's the name of your podcast?" So I get, he's like, "I can't wait to listen to it. I love tabletop from here. And he's gonna listen yeah. to this probably." So, yeah. oh, I feel sorry for him, sir. If Phenomenal. you're listening, yeah. yeah j- yeah, nameless person who enjoys D and D. Hi, I'm bad at D and D. That's not true. D&D. That's not true. That's not true at all. Yeah, uh, we're, we're doing it. Wait, did you say Kachow? Who he is? Speed. Kachow. Kachow. Speed. Well, speed is what you guys are undertaking, both in terms of chemical and also the physical act. Um, <laughs> we are making our way through this map. Uh, you enter what above. It doesn't really have it's a little bit of ornate drawings or ornate kind of iron work, but Bryn would call that. Uh, we are passing the West Gate. I was going to say, show us on the mini golf map where we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, here. There you go. That thing that looks like a gate. No, I saw it. I saw yeah, it. Yeah, it's in between the uh, bird and the little mouth. Yeah. yeah he, he, he will note uh, at this crossing and. and you would probably also notice as as minimal as it may be signage that points back to you know Barovia back where you came from, uh Vallaki, the direction you're going, 
and then just an arrow pointing out toward the other side of this path. And he will uh, warn explicitly. Uh, great tell that you don't go that way. At most any point. That leads to Castle Ravenloft. Ooh. I vote that way. Aiden. All I'm hearing is Labyrinth, Southern de- Sudden Death. Da 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 da! <laughs> I don't know what the goddamn hell you're saying right now. That's good. <laughs> Which you one don't of watch us? Movies that I watch. Oh, he, he will point that out. He doesn't spend much time on it because you guys are obviously passing through the gate and kind of yeah. forward. But. Yeah, I would prefer we spend as little time in the direction of Castle Ravenloft right now as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, he will he will quickly oblige. Uh, kind of as you guys pass through the West Gate, this is probably a good stoppage point in terms of rotating party members as you wish into and out of the wagon. Bryn kind of gives a brief rest, say about 30 minutes, kind of hop down, stretch his legs, feed the horses, kind of make sure they're all taken care of. Brief, you know, meal. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine at this point we're indulging in some trail rations or something just to yeah. keep, up, keep up the old energy there. Yeah. That, that would be the equivalent of what he would pull out, like something out of a knapsack that he would have had from the morning or that he has for these things. Well, since yeah. there's an empty seat, I'm going to hop in the wagon when we take off this time. Okay. Yeah, it checks out. Honestly, I probably am too. Uh, part of me forgot that as I'm wearing chainmail, my walking speed is not nearly as fast as the other. So otherwise, I'm going to probably start risking some exhaustion if I don't take a seat yeah. and rip. I'll I can see, yeah. Work a little faster to keep up. I'll take one side of it for sure. Okay, so Aiden pops one side. Bjorn, Red, Red. I know you've been kind of traveling up the rear of the caravan of this, you know, one wagon caravan. How do you wish to handle it? Stay there. I'm, I'm going to try to get a little rest, even if it's just for a short time. Yeah. Again, yours because of your size is not the most comfortable arrangement inside the wagon. But you kind of you you move an arm and probably accidentally elbow Rasmus's shield. Probably hit your funny bone. You're kind of trying to finagle your space amongst the stuff that Bryn and, and Anya are also bringing. Okay. Bjorn, do you wish to stay inside, or do you wish to take the party outside as well? I said Anya, I'm Asha, I'm sorry. Staying inside. Chilling. Okay. So Aiden is the only only one out, and actually to that yeah. thought, uh, Irina would like, can I, can I go outside for a little bit? I'd like to stretch my legs a bit myself. Only if you are going to stick near one of us. She has I no. Say as long as she stays you. by the wagon, but yeah, I mean that, that would be you. Well, yeah. If no one else, I, I expect I have expected Rasmus to just jump out and go. I'll take the case, but I mean, okay. How long have we been walking at this point? You'd probably three, four hours. Okay. Yeah, no, I can do another round. Then I'll can, do one more round, and then I can take a rest afterward. I mean, I, Irina. If you kind of, as you know, this exchange happens, she's hopped out of the wagon. You start getting up. She's like, "No, no, no! I can, I can handle myself." She kind of puts her hand on the the rapier to her side. She's like, "I," and gestures to uh, Aiden. I think we are safe. I'll, I'll, I'll give her kind of the. I'll meet her halfway. I, I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, you know, we got a thirty minute rest, so I'm, I'm good. I got a little bit of a break. Not to mention, like, it's not that I don't think she can. So I'm gonna take Red's old position at the back. Like okay. I'll let her, I'll let her walk on her own. But that way, that way, I can see both her and Aiden at any given point in time, and I can kind of keep track of what's going on around us. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you you kind of take the century at the rear again. Yep. Uh, Irina and Aiden, everybody else in the wagon. Bryn and uh, Asha hop back up in the seats, and off you go. You you've passed through the west gate. You again, other than the uh, oh cool, the exit to one one is right there at the edge. You guys have won the level. Great. Uh, play the fire fireworks and fanfare uh, as you pass by World One One's exit and go toward the chain of the small mouth entity. Uh, again. Daylight, nighttime, don't really have much in the way of a cycle here, but you note, like, you could probably ascertain that you're approaching the late afternoon, maybe starting to get to the dusk portion of the day as you make your way through. Things outside are a bit more muted than they already are in terms of gray and overcast. Like, you're not your visibility being diminished, but, you know, the light that permeates through the clouds is starting to get a little bit lesser. Uh, as you go through, you would notice uh, kind of off the path and into like a clearing above a hill, you would see a windmill. Because you note on the mouth or on the map near the mouth and the, the drawing dude going up to 1 1. Are you going to jump on the turtle shell and get the extra lives? Well, that was kind of neat. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, holy shit. He just jumped on the whole thing. Yeah. You moved got that star. All right, so Cody, you um, said there's a wind, wind, a wind. Yeah, wind chill, wind chill up to the wind right. Chill. There's wind a, chill and a wind, wind mill, mill <laughs> to mm-hmm. the left or right, yeah. depending. Um, all right, I mean, is it how? What's the condition? Is it like dilapidated? Is it uh? Does it, it does it look like a horror movie? It doesn't look in great shape. Uh, you would say I would say it's kind of leaning slightly. The uh, lapidate is probably a good phrase for it. Like it looks like it's run down. I'm gonna ask uh, the the drivers what they know about the windmill. Uh, Bryn kind of looks at it and says, "I only know of it as the old mill. I don't. I assume once upon a time it had a name. I am not privy to it." Uh, I don't venture toward it, or at least I've never felt need to explore it. Uh, Vistani is uh, lustful for life as we are, also many times don't venture off the treaded paths that we've experienced. Do I, and looking over at it, you know, I got that monster sense. Do I see anything? Is anything amiss? From this distance, you don't necessarily see anything amiss. I would know actually. I do want to look up your your monster sense. As a is that a trait you have? No, I I think I was oh. just saying. Yeah, you had. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, what was the thing? Yes, it's called flavor. Divine time. sense. You you have divine sense. Okay, yes. I was like, I was like, you had something named sense. Like, what the fuck did I miss? Well, uh, actually, well, are, would would you say we're within sixty foot of this thing? No. Okay. No, this is like on on top of a hill out the distance. Like you would have to Okay. It'd probably be like a 10-15 minute walk off the path to get up there. Uh I will say from this distance you can see like the the windmill is, is turning uh slowly. The blades of the fan are very like broken down. Like there's only a few splinters of wood for each one of them. It's not necessarily in any kind of actual ornate state. But you do notice some uh, like smoke or vapor coming out of a chimney on top of it. I'm gonna notice that and point that out to uh, Rasmus and uh, say, 
doesn't look abandoned. And you said this thing is how far out, Cody? More than 60 feet? Like, significantly more? Yeah, as I said, it'd be about a 10-15 minute walk off the path like you see it up on a hill. Oh, okay, so it's pretty far up that direction. Yeah. Uh, but Bryn doesn't seem concerned about it, is what you're telling me. Bryn doesn't seem to know much about it and doesn't seem terribly fussed to find out about it. Okay. Um, I will... I, I'm no artist by any stretch, but I'll draw, like, basically kind of like it looks like on the map there, probably. I could probably yeah. manage that much um, as we're walking, just kind of sketch that much and give it an idea of, you know, in my notes of where it is located, where we are now. Um, I'll tell Aiden, you know, that might be something we, we want to come back and examine at some point. But for now, if they're not concerned about it, I say we, we press on. The sooner we get Irina to where she's going, the sooner we can um, not worry about her and engage in other stuff as necessary. I'd agree with that. Okay. Uh, you guys make that note. You continue to venture on. Again, you probably get to about where this water crossing is, and you probably would, I'd say, ascertain about 7 o'clock at night. Uh, Bryn seems willing to make the rest of the journey. He acknowledges just a couple hours further. It's not, you know, it's a straight shot at this point, and he would kind of reference on a map because he has one to kind of show you if you so wish that you're kind of directly in line to the next location. And he would yeah, also... He said, how much longer? A couple hours? Something couple like hours. that? All right, Red, get out. Sit down. <laughs> How are you doing, Mohab? I've been marching in chainmail for eight hours, man. Give me a break. <laughs> I'll keep walking. I'm spry. All right, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. All right. I, Irina, in the space that you vacate, Red, Irina's probably actually going to tag in. Like she's a uh, uh, okay to get back in. Like as it gets darker, you can tell she's feigning confidence, but a little more unsettled. Like yeah. she she's okay to not be outside at night, so to speak. Rasmus also was very much like trying to position himself as like if she's in the wagon, he's in the wagon. If she's out of the wagon, he's out of the wagon. Yeah. Like just anywhere he can keep an eye on on and and not like he thinks he's the only one who can like you know make sure this thing happens, but he's mm-hmm. very much convinced that he's the only dedicated one <laughs> to getting this done. Hey. Or at least the most dedicated. I lean into uh, to Aiden. I'm like, you seeing this? Uh, you don't uh, do anything. And then I pat. Uh, I just pat, sit around and poke at your ribs like a weirdo. That's why I pat Bjorn on the back and say, "Hey, thanks for mentioning to that to me on the outside, which means you're in the back." <laughs> I lean out the window. <laughs> oh, it's out the window now. The window. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So basically, Bjorn used a red's knife and cut a hole in the side of the canvas. <laughs> I found it. I found it. He found a he found a window <laughs> found on the floor knife. and threw it at the wall. <laughs> I realized that of all the times that we've talked about red being different parts of the campaign, he's just Charlie. Charlie would be the one to be like, hey, "I found this knife, you guys. Wish me, this is pretty cool, right?" Just don't give him two. I love that Bjorn in time is not an action, but it's just the bit from the D twelve song. Sarah Pool Encampment, I was in the back. Old Bill Campaign, I was in the back. Fuck <laughs> oh, Rasmus, ask me some questions. Red, Red told Red. me to do sit-ups to get buff. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> a half and broke all my ribs. Anyway. And then See? broke my own Look. neck. And I point at him. <laughs> God damn, okay. Then went down to Mexico. She gets close. 
as you guys, again, you're a couple hours out. Bryn will note, actually, that as you get closer, he didn't mention it during the the <coughs> traveling to here, but he does acknowledge that while we Vistani are, you know, tend to be travelers, you've seen the Serapool encampment. We also have an encampment near Vla- or, uh, Vlaki. And he would kind of gesture to the map you guys would actually, I'll point out to you, it's right on the cusp of the border here. That little smaller tent area directly south of the road ahead of Vlaki. He kind of points out that there is another stronghold or another home base for the Vistani. And he calls that one um, Luvash. L-U-V-A-S-H. Okay. And he says it's actually named after a pair of, one of a pair of brothers that are there. Aragal and Luvash, they are the not near Adam, Madam Ava in terms of capability, but in terms of status, they are like the elder statesmen who are more often than not at that location. And he says they act, they act more as liaisons between Velaki and them. So he kind of generally gives you the lowdown as you travel toward the town, but he would acknowledge that he assumes you guys would probably get out at Velaki and he would continue through to Luvash. Gotcha. Sorry, I'm making notes. Um, yeah, yeah, you're good. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, again, at a certain point, Rasmus is just kind of making decisions and not asking, which is not normally in his nature, but it, it's, it seems like a lot of the stuff's getting directed to him. So yeah, we're, we're, we're going to leave you at Velaki. Uh, he's gotten very one track minded, like mm-hmm. get the girl to the city. Like that's the whole thing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll be doing there. So once we arrive there, we'll we'll send you, or we'll we'll leave you to go on your way. Um, but we may be in touch again in the near future. You guys have no idea how much of a, a service you've done for us. Thank he you nods guys. and uh, uh, you know shares his appreciation for companionship and the travels. Obviously, the Vistani are, are social folk, and would you know wish to. You know, travel in parties rather than individually. Obviously, he kind of there's a little bit of chuckles and kind of ribbing between he and Asha talking about, you know, I'm a decent travel partner. Why are you giving me the you know the whole hard time <laughs> as partners tend to do? But as you uh, approach Velaki, you guys come into a, a town that is much uh, larger than Barovia. Like you would consider Barovia, like it was classified as a village. This is not. This is a full blown town. Far more active. Yeah. Uh, far more locations for you to uh, get into. So you kind of, as you approach the town from the horizon, you kind of see lots of lantern lights and actually what you would consider like road infrastructure, like being lanterns alongside road paths, a lot more buildings. Uh, As you approach this, I would kind of give it the, oh, I'm trying to think of one of the good towns in the the realms. Yeah, sure. St. Elsewhere. There you go. It looks like St. Elsewhere. <laughs> you talking about Waterdeep? Yeah. That's the one you. that comes yeah. to mind for me. Yeah. If I was sitting here trying to go know. through a map of the fucking Emeron and everything. Water, Waterdeep is where I come back to every single time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. This um, is actually a, a place where you would rest. imagine there are shops. The yeah. There are shops and stables and like more than just a Burgomaster. There's probably uh, there's a town guard. Like actually as you guys uh, approach the town you uh, are still in the wagon 
and and the town guards kind of as you enter not the gates because it's not like a demarcated location but there's like a specific place for you to enter the main road into town yeah hunter probably a little smaller than that in terms of like overall scope but yes closer okay. to what you would picture for water deep okay that's uh, kind of what i had in mind so yeah as you guys approach, uh, you hear the town guards outside kind of hail and the typical thing that tends to happen. Uh, you Bryn kind of acts as though this happens often. You know, he's a traveling person. They acknowledge this. The town guards acknowledge it, not necessarily by name, but hail. Ah, uh, Vistani, yes. Uh, passing through to Luvash. And they kind of exchange pleasantries, do all that. Uh, for most of you, how do you react to their being like, guards speaking up like you can hear this and you would probably see a, a guard kind of walk to the back of the wagon just kind of with his lantern doing a cursory glance at the wagon itself and you guys therein i'm fine with it uh, it's just order i've got no yeah, problem yeah, with the, it. and it's the second nature to me i mean growing up in, in a right. militaristic city I'm, I'm used to all this stuff so i imagine <clears throat> rasmus is actually less talkative than he would be normally and very much just kind of letting these guys go on about their way and only speaking when spoken to <clears throat> yeah and you guys you know bryn and asha have no trouble with them again the the town guards seem very adept and very aware that the Vistani pass through. There's no issue to be had with them in most cases. You don't have, in terms of a bad interaction, same for those of you, kind of the guard comes back, kind of casts the lantern toward the back end, which gives enough view of the wagon, gives an acknowledgement, kind of gives the all clear to his buddy. And you guys pass into the gates of Vlaki, uh, or into the, the entrance to the town of Vlaki. As you guys uh, disembark <laughs> out of the back of the wagon, uh, that actually for, for all of you I would like to just take in quickly this is the first true sign of like normal civilization you guys have encountered since coming through the mist like this is obviously the village of Barovia had some marks of it you had an inn and you had a burger like there was something there but this is the true like what you would expect to see where you're from in many cases how do you guys take to seeing this for the first time in a long time relief same and this this is i mean it's not home but it is the closest thing to home that i've seen and i mean how long have we been here at this point cody weeks at least weeks yeah i would say at yeah. least two three weeks <clears throat> yeah that it's it's that familiar feeling i can rasmus would literally feel himself like releasing like a long held breath that level of of semi-relaxation it's not relaxed by any stretch but it's it's um definitely coming down from a heightened sense of of uh concern um on a related note i do want to mention before we leave the the vistani behind specifically bren and asha um it doesn't say i've got any of this stuff so you rule on this uh but i i have like random um not random. I, I have like little little religious stuff, like a little vestment pouch and all that. Um, I want to cut them like a little strip of that red cord that's used to represent El Mater, the red cord that ties the, the hands yeah. together and make sure that that gets like presented to them before they leave. Explain what it is, why it's important to us, and that like I don't have a lot to give uh, and I know they won't accept much else, so that's the kind of thing that I would I would want to give them as a thanks. Uh, Bryn and Asha re receive it. Bryn actually will take that and kind of he'll find like a, a 
wrist uh, bracelet. God, the word will escape me. Like something to tie that strand to. Yeah. As acknowledgement, and also when next you guys encounter each other, obviously there'll be that vestiment of connection between you. Yeah, Bryn, uh, Bryn obviously you know acknowledges the the great time that was had in Serpool. That um, again appreciated the sign from Ilmater. He says, "Well, Vistani are religious people in our own way. I do appreciate your sign from your entity, your deity. It is greatly yeah. received." Brazos would basically explain it as like, I never expect you to to follow along with my traditions. Uh, it's not a remembrance of them. It's a remembrance of us. Yep. And he would acknowledge as much. And he says, I hope as our travels continue in our separate paths, we encounter each other once more. And he, kinda, he lets you know again, kind of showing you the location as you were to go through the town of Velaki to pass through the other side. Uh, there is a path that would take you off to the side to Luvash. He said, yeah. if ever you need, or if you see the need to to see more Vistani or seek aid, whatever it may be, uh, I will I will ensure that your your likenesses and your names are known to Luvash and Aragel. You will be received. Dope. I'm going to look over at Irina and, and then look at Rasmus and say, okay, well, what about her? What do we do with her now? I mean, I, my intention was to ask her that next anyway, so Rasmus wouldn't say anything. He would quite literally just kind of nod in her direction of, yeah. Like, like, yeah. We'll talk to her. We had a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Talk to him. Yeah. yeah. Talk to him. <laughs> Hit him with it one time. <laughs> uh, I, Irina is going to, as you guys disembark, she says, ah, Velaki. She kind of grimaces as she says that. She She looks at you all and says... The Burgo, I, the Burgo master here is not kind. I've yet to speak it. I do wonder why my brother felt the need to send me here, of all places, though. And she kind of looks around to acknowledge, it is the most fortified of areas in Barovia. Uh, one place we can find a uh, fine harbor in, at least to start. And she kind of looks around, tries to gain her bearings, and she says, follow me to the Blue Water Inn. And that's where we'll cut it off. I imagine that perks up about half of our party's ears, at least. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I need to talk to Cody about a twist that I want to run by him before, you know what I mean? Like, ooh. Yeah. You know me, I like to make things interesting, and I thought of an idea, but I thought, I don't know, man, that's pretty extreme. But I think. If- oh, don't worry. Uh, t- twists await for you yet here in Velaki, that's for damn sure. But oh. that is something that, that we will have to wait for for another week or so. Uh, that is all for this episode of PZ85 Plays the Curse of Strahd. Again, very uh, role-play narrative-driven. Don't worry, folks. There will be some dice rolling. There will be some killing at some point in the near future. They've had their safe passage for now, and that's all we'll say about that. But uh, maybe, we will take- but Cody, maybe the most dangerous one is riding with them. Maybe the most dangerous person is the friend you made along the way. This there it is. True. That's what I was going to say. That could be very true. Yeah. So this is where we take our leave for a one-week hiatus uh, next week. Uh, you know, a few things I understand are more romantic than the dark, bleak, desolate, and vampire-infested place of Barovia, but we would like to spend our romantic entities amongst ourselves in other ways. 
So we, uh, like me, I will be spending next Tuesday eating Chinese food and probably watching a bad movie, as we tend to do on most of our Valentine's days. So and there will be no episode say, next what week. Could be more, what could be better than that, honestly? That's, no, we'll it's be, a tradition uh, Emily and I started our first year of dating, and it's never left us. We'll be yeah, replaying a uh, previous episode on Tuesday. And I mean it, too. I'm going to take this joke to the extreme. I'm going to go download an old episode and re-upload it as a uh, special <laughs> I'm not kidding. You have to start it <laughs> no, with the Simpsons the... clip of the Monster Mash. No, no. <laughs> played the wrong clip. Uh, maybe it'll be the Valentine's Day episode where a certain cast member suddenly was engaged to Katie. We'll see. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know no. either, but that's... Uh, I don't know either. Uh, we, we will have a one-week hiatus of Curse of Strahd. We will be back in two weeks. If the calendar on my computer tells me true, it shall be the 21st in which we will make our illustrious return to Barovia and specifically the town of Vallaki and to find all the, um, well, as this party proves every single time, chaos therein. <laughs> but in between now and chaos. Valentine's Day and the 21st, huh? yeah, we are the embodiment of chaos. God, that's all we are in Warhammer 40K. There's a lot of other days in the week, and thus there's a lot of other content to consume on Podzilla1985.com. Hunter, Shannon, whoever wants to take the mantle, tell me what's coming up this week. Well, on the... Uh... Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> on uh, on Wednesday, it'll be pro wrestling unscripted, and uh, wait, it might be. Yeah, it will. I'll tell you why here in a second. Um, oh. I know some some important things happened in wrestling this week, and we'll talk about them. Okay. Yes, I might. Some. I might talk about them. That might happen with me. Um. Thursday is an all new uh, Podzilla. I don't know why we're tag teaming this. Thursday is an all new Podzilla after dark. Lindsay, what are we doing? I don't know. I haven't thought of it yet. I'll Hell do it in the yeah. car tomorrow when, when we're in St. Louis. Yes. And then Friday. Oh, my Kaz. favorite possible endings for Curse of Strahd. Going to St. Louis. <laughs> Friday is we're not doing a show. Shannon's going to St. Louis, apparently. <laughs> Uh, oh, Friday, I'm not going to St. Louis. Friday, no. I'll, I'll be working till probably 1030 because, well, I can't say why. Thank you, though. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know if Friday, to... Friday's late horses. Well, uh, okay got, late no, horse. that's late, late horse. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be like late a midnight express. It'd be the, the it'd, midnight horses. We'd have to name them the 10 o'clock horse. You know? That sounds like a perfect name for a show to me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah. The 10 o'clock horse. That's the new bar we're opening in Barovia. The 10 o'clock horse. Yeah, Kat, Bjorn took that money and is opening the 10 o'clock horse. Remember, what we had money. We had the money. <laughs> <laughs> He's been robbing everything we come across. I guess I'm money. Go fucking rich. You're not. Yes. We had the Midnight no. Coterie in Star Wars, and we have the 10 o'clock horse. In D and D, it's just it needs to happen. Hey, Cody! Before we get out of here, yeah, uh, we'll be in St. Louis yeah. tomorrow. You know why? Why? Because it's Lindsay's birthday. By the time everyone listens to this, it'll be tomorrow. Oh, so happy birthday, Lindsay! Happy birthday, Lindsay! Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> I can't make this joke on the air. Cut the show so I can make the joke, please. You control the show. <laughs> you control. Oh, Cody, yeah, let's wrap. I'll cut a damn thing. Let's wrap for, it up, buddy. Yeah, that's right. For all the party members involved, for Bren, for Asha, for uh, you know Moose number four that was in the background on the way to Velaki. I am Cody favorite. Sandusky. Thanks for listening to another episode okay. of PZ85 Plays, The Curse of Strahd. We'll roll some dice sometimes. Someone's going to die because it's Barovia. 
but you get to wait to find out who and when. We'll see you in a couple weeks.